0: Again, just want to say it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to be back at Summer Shade, um, on behalf of the church. We appreciate the visitors that are here. I uh, certainly want to once again say thank you to those from the Fed that came, getting up early, and and uh, I love y'all, and, and I know you love me, and, and uh, that's just good. It's good when uh, when you can feel the love between God's people. And and I appreciate that. Thankful for what I can feel this morning in this place. Uh, This is my uh, favorite day of the year. And I know that God makes every day and every day uh, is the day that He's made and and so forth. But what this day in particular represents, um, what we celebrate uh, on Resurrection Day, Um, I love Christmas time. I love the story of the incarnation of our Lord and Savior. Um, But really the birth, he had to be born just to die. Um, And so the birth was necessary and the incarnation was necessary. Um, But if this past week hadn't happened 2,000 years ago, uh, and this resurrection hadn't happened 2,000 years ago, then then really what would be the point in any of it? We'd still be lost and undone. Um, he was crucified and killed for our transgressions. He was raised again for our justification. Uh, and I'm so glad uh, that I know him this morning, so glad as Brother Rondell talked about that song, that one day, one day, one day, all that pain and all that death and all the sorrow is going to give way to victory. Amen. The Apostle Paul says this mortal shall take on immortality. And I'm going to be changed. That's the day that I'm looking forward to. I enjoy life. I enjoy every second of it. Um, just like the brother mentioned about Rayleigh, God was merciful to me. This Thursday will be ten years since I nearly Died with a heart attack, and he's extended my life ten years. And sometimes I think, what have I done with it? And I, that's my desire is just to let my life be what he had wanted to be. Um, and I'm so glad this morning that he's he's been good to me. If you have your Bibles and want to read along, we're going to read very familiar scripture in Isaiah chapter number fifty-three. Isaiah chapter number fifty-three. The Lord had allowed Isaiah to see down through time um, and write uh, seven hundred or so years before it would come to pass um, about the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, the gospel writers tell us that Isaiah saw his glory in this, um, and so it's been preached down through the years, and we're going to—I've preached on it several times. Um, We got out of the car and and, uh, saw Brother Joe, and he said, I'll come to see if you told these people the same thing you tell us at Lafayette. (laughs) Um, And really, the answer is yes. This will be probably the third time in a row that I've preached on this, but it'll be all right. Um, I believe we ought to exalt him this morning for what what he's done, for who he is. Um, It's quite a remarkable thing that God would become a man. Um, But it was man that that broke God's law, and it had to be a man that upheld the law. And so he had to be born as a man. And so as the song sang, uh, we sang just now talked about him leaving his glory in heaven, if that's not love, he disrobed himself of all of his glory and took upon himself the seed of Abraham. Um, quite a remarkable thing that God became a man indeed. Um, so Isaiah chapter number 53, it says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our grief, and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is done, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul. And shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the soul with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many. And made intercession for the transgressors. I say uh, pretty often that I can understand a God that would that would pity us, uh, that would look at our weakness and uh, and just have pity on his creation. Um, I can understand a God like that, uh, but as much as I've tried in my life, I've never understood how a God could love us like that, uh, to love us that much, uh, it's been said, and I've, uh, I've said it lately, that that there was a, a promise made before the world was formed, and, and it was a promise between the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. It was made uh, and formed uh, because the Scripture tells us that from before the foundation of the world, he was a lamb led to the slaughter, uh, and so, uh, so I can't imagine what eternity must have been like in the past uh, any more than I can imagine what it would be like in the future. But in my mind, it would it would be like this. In my mind, you would uh, before the world was formed, uh, uh, you would have the Godhead there. And and God would say, uh, "We're going to create a, a people uh, made in our image, and uh, and and I want to love him." And and then the justice of God would say, "But that wouldn't be just. That uh, that wouldn't be just for you to do that." Uh, and he said, "But I would want to forgive him uh, and make a way for them to be saved." Uh, and again, the justice of God would say, "But you have to be just. Uh, uh, you cannot stand sin." Uh, I cannot stand iniquity in those that would sin against you. There has to be a just judgment from a just God. And then a voice begins to say, Father, I'll go and I'll pay their sin debt at Calvary's cross. And so that promise between Father, Son, and Spirit was made before Adam was made, before the world was made. God had made a way in His eternal goodness and eternal Godhead uh, he had already made a way, and uh, uh, knowing that man was going to sin, and uh, uh, knowing that we were going to fall from his glory, and uh, uh, knowing that we were going to, uh, knowing that we were going to choose the sin and choose the evil, uh, and so, uh, so the promise was made, in eternity past. Uh, and as we've said, it came in the process of time that this man should be born, this God man, uh, uh, one that would be. Uh, Job said it like this in his day. He said, "I wish." there was a daisman between us a uh, uh, one that could a uh, uh, one that could touch heaven and one that could touch earth at the same time. Oh, that there were a daysman that was there that could span. Jacob in a vision at Bethel one day I saw a ladder from the earth and it reached all the way to heaven. Jesus Christ is that ladder. He is the daysman that can be 100% God and yet 100% man. And so the time came that he should be born into this world of a woman, and he was born uh, uh, under the law, uh, under a woman, of a seed of a woman. And so he came, uh, and he uh, he uh, for thirty years, uh, relatively, we don't know much about uh, what happened. We know the angels rejoiced at his birth. Uh, and that's sort of what I want to talk about. Uh, uh, that at uh, the time that the angels were silent, uh, and I believe with all my heart, there was a time. Uh, and you see, God never in that Godhead, uh, in that in that promise that was made. It was made, uh, I believe, before the angels were ever created. Uh, I believe that promise was there, uh, uh, but the angels never said. Uh, uh, on a council of God, He never had a round table meeting discussing with Him the options. And so I believe they watched it unfold uh, just like we did on this earth. And so they saw their, uh, their God, their Creator born in a, a manger at Bethlehem Judea. And so they rejoiced. Uh, but there was a time about 33 years later they were silent. Uh, and it was the time that we just read about as we've come through this week. Uh, I hope that we took time to process uh, what all that he went through uh, on that final week uh, uh, between the time that he rode uh, on the donkey into Jerusalem and the time he was raised uh, on Sunday morning. For it was during that time uh, that he he fulfilled uh, his obligation unto the Father. It was at that time, uh, you can read about it in every gospel. It was at that time that he went out uh, with his disciples after he had that last supper. And uh, instituted his own supper. Uh, where he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Uh, where he said, this is my broken body. Eat and drink this in remembrance of me. He began to tell them that night that the Son of Man must be crucified. He has to be crucified. Uh, But He told them, I will rise again. Uh, They didn't understand that. Uh, And so He rode into Jerusalem on the donkey uh, and there began the last week. Uh, They came at Him from every hand. The scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, Uh, the lawmakers, the religious crowd, uh, and they tried Him as that perfect Lamb of God. He was set aside and set apart just for this time. All through the Gospels He began to say uh, unto the people when they tried to kill Him uh, that now is not my time. uh, The time is not yet. But now was the time. He said, now is the time. And now is my soul troubled. And He said unto them, But what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour... But he said, For this cause I came to this hour. Uh, you see, uh, it was there that night as he, as he knelt by, uh, by himself and his disciples have uh, thrown stone away. A uh, stone's thrown away. Uh, he knelt there in Gethsemane's garden. Uh, and the Bible says he was in agony in the garden. Uh, it was there in the olive press uh, among the olive trees uh, in that garden of Gethsemane. Uh, when the weight of all of this uh, uh, really become crashing down. Out. And he was in agony, and knowing what light ahead, and the Hebrew writer said it was for the joy of that light ahead that he endured it. What was that joy? That joy was that we can be saved. That's the joy. And so he was there in Gethsemane's garden, and the Bible said he was in agony, and an angel came and ministered unto him. That was the last time we heard about the angels uh, uh, during these few days. uh, And an angel ministered unto him and he prayed earnestly and greatly and he prayed, Father, if it be Thy will, let this cup pass from me. Uh, Take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not what I will but thine. And not my will, Lord, but thine be done. And he he resolved in himself. As Satan came against him there, he realized that this Scripture that Isaiah wrote all those years ago must needs be fulfilled. He realized that now was the time. He even said unto them, now is the hour of darkness. And so he was in great agony as the sins really began. He really started. I mean, he had always known it, but now... To experience it was altogether different. And uh, you see, my friend, he could have got up from that garden and said, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to do this. And he would have still been God. And he would have been just in doing that. And the justice of God would have still been pure. He would have, he was absolutely, but it would have been just in that. But because he loved us. And that's what I'm never able to understand. Because that He loved us, uh, He said, "I, a Father, not my will, but Thine be done." The Hebrew writer says, with strong crying and tears, uh, he prayed unto Him uh, that was able to save him from death, uh, and was heard that he feared. But as we leave Gethsemane's garden the soldiers have him now they've taken him now they lead him out in the middle of the night and they lead him to the high priest Caiaphas' house and it was there that the angels were silent as they watched all of this begin to unfold. It was there in the house of the high priest where he came under scrutiny they sought after false witnesses but they couldn't Find any, and finally they found some that said, This man says he will destroy this temple and raise it in three days. And they found that. They found that as a false witness there, to bear witness of Jesus Christ. And Pilate, oh, I'm sorry, Caiaphas began to question him. Do you not hear what these men say? And he said, I will rise again. And the Bible says that Caiaphas uh, ran his clothes and the soldiers there buffeted him. I'm sorry, it said they struck him and smote him with the palms of their hands as they blindfolded our Lord and begin to strike Him over and over in the face. Isaiah said in the 50th chapter that He said, I would give my back to the smiters and as they plucked off the hair in his beard. But the Bible said he was blindfolded. And there the angels were silent. He had told them already. I could call upon twelve legions of angels. And they would come and rescue me. But he didn't call. The angels were silent. Uh, they were watching unsold. And uh, No doubt they were ready to fly. Uh, no doubt they were ready uh, to come to their Maker's bidding if He could only ask. Uh, but the Father, there's a song that says that, that the Father looked at Him and He told the angels to sit down. He's not going to call. He said, I know that you can save Him, but He's not the one in need. He's not the one in need. It says, it says, it's us." how it's us. It's us. It's us. Savior. And so the angels were silent. They, uh, they took him from the hall of Cepheus, uh, and now he's brought before Pilate. Pilate examined him, uh, and Jesus said unto Pilate, Not a word. He opened not his mouth, and Pilate marveled. Pilate marveled. He said, Do you not hear uh, what these men are saying about you? And Jesus simply said, and My kingdom is not of this world. If it was, then my servants would fight. But my kingdom is from above. And he began to explain to Pilate. Pilate said, Are you the Son of God? And Jesus said, Yes, you say right. I am the Son of God. And Pilate went out. He thought, I no fault in this man. And yet the people cried out, Crucify him crucify him. And so the Bible says Pilate had delivered him over and to be scourged. And so now they've taken our Lord and they've taken him and, and tied his hands to a whipping post. And it was there he bared his back to the smiters. Just like Isaiah said. It was there that, uh, that they took a cat of nine tails uh, and began to plow uh, long, deep furrows uh, with every lash, a uh, big flux of flesh uh, would, uh, would just come out uh, until his back was completely laid open. And hanging in long ribbons. And then they put a crown of thorns on his head. And they robed him in purple. And they again began to beat on him and smite him. And then it says they buffeted him with closed fists as they took turns wailing and beating on our Lord. And then the angels were silent, just watching it all unfold, just watching there, waiting for his bidding. That would never come. Because He loved us. And because a way had to be made. It was there that God began to lay on Him. The iniquity of us all. It was the plan of salvation. Being fulfilled. He had kept every commandment. He had kept the law perfectly. And only one thing was left to do. He began to, the Bible said, as a lamb led before His slaughter. He opened not his mouth. He let them do that to him. He let them. A lot of people get caught up. Who killed our Lord? And Nobody killed our Lord. He had said, I'll lay down my life. No man can take it. But he said, I will lay it down. And I'll take it up again. And so, so he was now at Pilate's judgment hall. He had already been beaten. More than any man could have withstood say the Son of God. And so he's there now as they rip the purple robe uh, off of him. Uh, and the fresh wounds begin to once again open up uh, and flow down. Uh, and they put his own clothes back on him. And uh, they compelled a Syrian named Simon uh, to carry the cross uh, uh, because he was already uh, beaten so badly he couldn't make it. And so they started a long walk down the Via Dolorosa, uh, And he's Started down that road, uh, headed for Golgotha, headed for Calvary, headed for the cross. uh, And he got there and he again laid down his life. Uh, Those disciples watched, the angels watched. As the legionnaire began to drive heavy, wrought iron spikes through His hands, uh, uh, one at a time, uh, and then they pressed His right foot, uh, I believe back against His left foot, uh, and drove a spike through them too. Uh, They raised Him up, uh, and set Him upright. Now the Bible says He is crucified. And the angels were silent. Not a word. They were watching it unfold. At the foot of the cross was Mary the mother of Jesus. John was there. Probably many others that our Lord had touched and healed. It doesn't say so. I believe surely Lazarus was there. I believe he was there. The one that Jesus just a few months prior had raised from the dead. It was that Jesus who raised Lazarus and told his sisters, I am the resurrection. And I am the life. And he that believeth in Me shall never die. And he that liveth and believeth in Me shall never die. And do you believe this? And they said, Yea, Lord, we believe you. And so you have to remember, dear friends, the resurrection is not a day. The resurrection is a person. It is the Lord Jesus Christ when He said, I am the resurrection. And so those disciples watched Him all of heaven watched him, the Bible says. The sky turned black, black as night at the noonday sun, and so the heavens were were black. It was there that the sins of the world was laid upon our Lord, and the angels were silent, and the people walked by, wagging their heads, saying, "If you be the Son of God, come down." From that cross, and we'll believe you. Thieves on either side of him were mocking him. But then one thief began to see something in Jesus Christ that he had never seen in another man. Something was different about this man. He had heard, oh yes, and no doubt he had heard. About Jesus. I don't believe he knew any doctrine. I don't believe he knew any theology. I believe he just heard about this man. And when he saw our Lord, I say, Father, forgive them. They don't like what they do. He realized this man's different. Uh, this man, uh, everything they said is uh, about him is right. He understood men more than the disciples what Jesus was about. I believe that. Why do you say that, preacher? Because he told Jesus that you're going to die on the cross. I know you're not coming down alive, but you will live again. How do you know that? Because he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. In other words, I know you're not making it out of here alive, but you're going to a place. You're going to a kingdom. Remember me. And so, knowing no doctrine, I'm glad We've got somebody in our midst who has said it over and over and over in Sunday school. I'm glad you don't have to know much to get saved. Amen. I didn't know a whole lot. I just knew as Brother Rondell spoke. I understood what a godly sorrow was. I understood that I was a sinner. I didn't want to be a sinner. I felt so guilty. People say that God showed them hell and I don't doubt that. I never once thought about hell, to be honest with you. It didn't get that far with me. It was just the guilt. The guilt of knowing I was a sinner. And boy, he began to deal with my heart. And I guess if I'd stayed lost very long, he probably would have showed me that hellfire and damnation. I said, A sinner friend, you should fear that. Amen. Our Lord, when he was here, he said, I'll tell you whom you shall fear. Fear him that hath the power after he hath killed the body to cast thee into the hellfire. Fear him. And so you should fear hell. But God let me know one night I was just a sinner in need of a Savior. And He showed me that a Savior had already been provided, and my heart was broken. And I made my way to an altar. And I began to repent. I tried everything that I knew to get saved. And as much as I tried, nothing worked. I mean, nothing worked. And I wept. And I cried. And I wailed. And I prayed. And just nothing was happening. And I was pretty defeated at that point. And I got up. And as I was getting up one last Almost like the thief on the cross. Uh, one last attempt uh, where he said, Lord, remember me. That's all it took. Just a look of faith and say, Lord, remember me. And that he was saved. Uh, it was a lot like that. Uh, I stood up, and as I was standing, it was one last desperate plea, knowing that it's it's now or never. That I've done everything I knew to do, and so as I was standing up, my heart cried out, "One more time, Lord, I want to be saved." It was changed. It was different. That trouble was gone. The guilt was gone. And a joy set in my heart. I didn't know much about this doctrine. But since that time, God's been able to open it up to me. You see, a sinner doesn't really understand it either. But on this journey down through life as a saved man, God has shown me many things. But the one thing is that He loves me. Amen. And that He loves you. And everything that happened in that garden and under Pilate and at that hill of Golgotha was because that He loved us. And the angels were again silent. There'll be a day when I truly believe that God will once again instruct the angels to sit down. What day is that? It's that resurrection day when the saints of God shall rise and we'll meet Him. I believe we'll begin to sing a song. The Bible says we'll sing a song of Moses. A song of the Lamb. A song of the redeemed. And the angels can't say that. Right. You know why? There's a lot of people that say when somebody dies, a loved one, well, well, another one got their wings. I'm not trying to be harsh this morning, but no, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And angels, an angel. They don't know what it's like to be lost. They don't know what it's like to have that guilt and condemnation. And they don't know what it's like to be saved. And have everything changed. They cannot sing that song. And he'll tell them to sit down. And that that song is for those who have been down to a fountain filled with blood, washed in Emmanuel's veins. And they'll sit down. And it'll be our song the song of the redeemed, the song of a lamb led to a slaughter, the song of a savior. So He was crucified. And the angels were silent. Because He loved us. But as I said when I started, I'm going to try to finish. As I said when I started, I can't understand how that, that depth of love because He loved us. And the angels were silent. They didn't know. And so His disciples watched His bloody frame. They watched Him expire. A man by the name of Joseph, the former table, went to Pilate and said, Let me have his body. Nicodemus, oh Nicodemus, who didn't understand at first, I believe by this time he got saved. He went with Joseph, and they carried his broken body, that bloody body. The Bible says Nicodemus brought About a hundred pounds of spices. And there they begin to to wipe and to apply those spices to the body that lay there so broken and so bloody. And people say he didn't really die, that it was just all uh, theological. He really died. He went down into the depths of death, like everybody who had ever lived had before him. He was dead. And they laid that broken body in the tomb. Probably cleaned it out the best they could. But the rest would have to wait because the Sabbath was now here. And so they had to go home. And the, the angels were silent. The world was silent. And the Bible says on that third day, on that third day very early, went Mary Magdalene. Uh, where else would she go? Jesus was the only one. That gave her life any meaning. Can I tell you this today? I love my wife. She's a good woman to me. But God is the only thing that gives my life meaning. Amen. You see, he loved Mary when nobody did. When she had seven demons, he cast them out. Where else would she be found? Beside up the grave. She wanted to do what she could. I'll just go to the grave very early. But when she got there, the Bible says that the soul was rolled back. And she couldn't find Him. And the Bible says that angels began to appear and said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Aren't you glad of that? See, the crucifixion had discharged our sins. But what proof did anybody have that they were forgiven Except He rose from the dead? Do you remember in Isaiah that when it said, He shall see His seed, that it shall please the Father to bruise Him. It pleased the Father to pour all of His wrath out of His only Son. And as His Son took the wrath of God and the Father turned away, He bruised His Son the Bible said, by doing that, He shall be satisfied. So you remember back in the beginning when the justice of God said that would not be just. And Jesus said, I'll go. Everything the Old Testament pointed to this day. And this resurrection day. And this day when He rose from the dead. And this day That He went into the Holy of Holies and presented His own blood and said, this is the blood offering that I promised from the foundation of the world. And God saw the blood and the justice of God was satisfied. And when Jesus expired on the cross, He said, it is finished. And He bowed His head and gave up the ghost. Three days went by. People were broken heart. They said this was the one we put all of our hope in. And we saw him die. Mary Magdalene couldn't find him. The angel said he's rose. She goes and tells John and Peter. They ran to the tomb. John outran Peter. John got there and looked in. Peter got there and ran in. And he found the grave clothes and the napkin folded oh, and put away by itself. And they wondered. They wondered. They left. Jesus appeared to Mary. And I'm done now. But He appeared in the Mary. She didn't recognize Him. She thought He was a gardener. And she said, tell me where you've laid Him. Just tell me where His body's at and I'll take care of it. And He said one word. He said Mary. That's all. Just married. But see, nobody could say her name like He said her name. She recognized that voice as the one that she loved. Aren't you glad God can speak to you like no man can? Amen. Aren't you glad that if you're saved, that one day He spoke your name and said gently come to me. If you're here today and you happen to be lost, I pray God would speak to you. He has a way of speaking to you like Mom and Daddy came or Papa came or the preacher came. He speaks to you with authority. He speaks to you and to suffered separate all." So you can be saved. And He said, Mary. And that's all it took. And she knew His voice. And she said, Master. I'm glad I know His voice. Master, it really is you. And He said, go tell the disciples. And Peter. I like that. Because the last thing Peter had done before our Lord was crucified was denying that he ever knew. Peter was heartbroken at that. Peter went out and he wept bitterly for what he had done. But Jesus told Mary Magdalene, you be sure, be sure to find Peter. You tell Peter, I'm alive and well. I'll see him on the shores of Galilee. And he did. He showed himself to his disciples. But he said unto them, You believe because you see, but blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. That's me. Because I believe, Because I've repented. Because He saved my soul. I can show you a place in this book where I'm going to be. I can show you a place where I and you, if you've been saved, are found. In the Word of God. It's a place that John saw on the Isle of Patmos. And John said there was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands <coughs> gathered, well, a great throne. Somewhere in that multitude, I'm going to be there. I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I'm sure it'll be something we enjoy. And when John said, Behold, heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, he's coming back. He's coming back in great authority. He was crucified as the Lamb of God. He's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, the bright morning star. But somewhere in that throng of people among the elders. And the beasts are bowing down. And in a seraphim, a ball of fire and a ball of light is flying through the heavens and crying holy, holy, holy. Make no mistake about it, out, friend. When you lay your eyes upon that crucified, resurrected Son of God, you will cry holy too. And worthy is that Lamb. The angels aren't silent anymore. And they rejoiced. And they rejoiced when their creator rose. They testified of him. He's not here, he is risen. That's my hope. Without that hope, Paul said we're of all men most miserable. If he if the dead rise not, then it's not Christ raised, and their preachings in vain, and their faith is in vain but now is Christ risen from the dead. And because He lives, I live. And as I close, you've heard me tell this story before, but since I sort of started with it, I'll end with it. Ten years ago this Thursday, this came to me as we were singing that song. I was on a helicopter literally dying. I preached, no telling how many times, that God will be with the Christian in the hour of death. And I believe that. Amen. I believe that with everything in my heart. And I preached that. But He proved to me that night His Word is true and faithful. As I lay there on the helicopter, family had been left behind, couldn't breathe. Heart, uh, no blood. The cardiologist would later tell me, look at these pictures. You shouldn't be alive. I'm glad God holds the prayer of life. Amen. I've wondered different times why things happen to me that have been so hard. And I've come to the conclusion and so others can see God in me, I hope. And as I was waiting there, I began to pray not God heal me, not God let me live, but I heard the paramedics talking to the pilot and say, How much longer? In other words, we're losing him. And I said, I can't breathe. And they said, I know. How much longer? I realized at that, that moment I was dying. It became real to me. I was scared when they put me on the helicopter, but that that didn't become real until I heard that word. How much longer? And I thought, my goodness. And I began to pray. Not, Lord, heal me and save me. But, Lord, would you take care of Michelle? Just take care of her. And I can remember I was trapped down, but I turned my eyes and looked out in the window. and it was dark. But the national lights were bright. And we were flying toward the light and I begin to think, take care of my wife. I'm going to a city of light. Can I tell you there was not a bit of fear? But you know what was there? Joy. How can a man that's dying be so full of joy? Because I know in whom I have believed. Amen. And I'm persuaded he's able to keep that that I've committed to him against that day. I knew that Abraham sought for that city. I saw the lights of glory. And I knew he reigns. <coughs> that day's coming for every last one of us. Amen. Dear friend, there is no comfort for you if you're not saved. But if you are, because of what happened 2,000 years ago at a little tomb hewn out of a rock, when the angels finally spoke and said, He's alive, he walked out and now he has the keys of death and hell. I'm glad I know Him today. I'm glad I know Him. If you're here at Lost, I pray that today you'd seek Him. If you find Him precious to your soul, come ahead with a song. Thank you for listening.